Hello and welcome along to the On The Whistle podcast. I'm your host, Zane Nabi. Joining me today is our other co-host, multi-platform journalist, a man who writes for many publications, whoever pays, Al Jazeera, CNN, the BBC, The Guardian, 442, if you pay, he'll do the work, an amazing journalist, a good friend of mine, Alistair Howarth. How are you doing, brother? Zane, you make me sound like some kind of mercenary for hire or something. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. And uh, you make me sound like a heavy bowler. So I don't know. You know, um, I was going to go, no, I don't. I just have a cold. Um, But listen, Ali, um, great to have you on. There's so many different things we can talk about. But being a braai that focuses on good meat and good football, all from the African continent, I think an obvious starting point today for us would be talking about the African Football League uh, and the semifinals that have just taken place. And I look ahead to the final. Now, I know uh, you watch the game. Um, I've been pretty engrossed with rugby recently, as you can see by the decorations behind me, the green, the gold. No, it's not for Mamalodi Sundowns. Secondly, I don't hate Mamalodi Sundowns. I think they're great. I'm, I'm a Golden Arrows man, personally. But um, they did amazingly well in their semifinal against Al Ahli playing in front of 50,000 Red Devil fans who were obviously going for the Cairo team's win. They managed to put on a really stout performance, not associated with the guile and flair we normally expect, and guts out a win in Egypt. What was it like watching that game? I mean, first of all, I, I want to just tell the listeners that, you know, you have to be very proud of me because Courtney, Zane, and Ferdos have done their very best to try and turn this into a rugby podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Over the last couple of weeks, let me tell you, and 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 as well as 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 Ferdos, I'm sure is pushing to turn us into a cricket podcast if if South Africa keep if the Proteas keep keep going the way they've been going. But no, Zane, we're here to talk about the football, and um, but we're here to also talk about some South African excellence in in the football. I mean, it was it was an interesting interesting fi- semi final between Al Ahly and Sundowns, and, and like you say, you know, it was it was a different kind of Sundowns we've seen. We've seen. Mamalodi Sundowns play the flary football, you know, incredibly tactically flexible, as we've seen from Rulani Mukweno, who's one of kind of the most exciting coaches on the on the continent, and as well as a great speaker. If if you have a chance, look look up on on Twitter slash X, um, Juliet Bewa, kind of friend of the podcast, because she posted a brilliant video that that I reposted of Mukweno's uh, kind of pre match uh, press conference, and he takes eight minutes to go into detail as to why the Al-Akhli journalist shouldn't be complaining about a penalty that Al-Akhli got, uh, or should, didn't get in, in the first leg. So I think that kind of attention to detail is brilliant video. I think you should all watch it. But um, no, it was, it was a really interesting game and it was a really defensively resolute game. I mean, and, and what felt to me like a performance that was, you know, in a sense, a coming of age performance, which sounds a bit silly because now Sundowns are seven games unbeaten against Al-Akhli, which I think we shouldn't gloss over. That is, you know, that Al-Akhli are the champions of Africa. They're the best side in African history. And Sundowns have really got their number over the, over the last years. But Sundowns haven't had their number in knockout football for a very, very long time. You know, and, and bar, I think it was the 2019 quarterfinals, they've not beaten them in knockout fixture for a very long time. But this felt like a proper African tie. I mean, I'll just read you out some stats. In that first leg, Sundowns had 14 shots to Al-Akhli's three, four shots on target to Al-Akhli's one, and had 68% possession. In the second leg, Sundowns had, as far as I'm aware, two shots, not on t- zero on target, and only 45% possession. I mean, that's really crazy when you think about the way Sundowns play, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. This was not 
a Mamelodi Sundowns kind of performance mm. under Mokwena, it felt a bit more like a Pizza Mosemane performance, <laughs> to be honest, you know, who, who, you know, doesn't, doesn't play quite the same kind of attractive style as Mokwena, but, you know, clearly is, is the model for success because he's the one who's won, a, uh, you know, an African title with, with Sundowns back in 2016. And this is mm-hmm. now, you know, we've, we've talked about over the last few years, the Sundowns being one of the giants of Africa. This is their first mm-hmm. final since 2016. Um, you know, despite their brilliance in terms of the football they play, They've really struggled in these big semifinals against, you know, your Widads, your Lachlis, your Esperance. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the games that they've really struggled in. So I think it's huge testament to Mokwena and his team that they actually got it done in a kind of more dirty and gritty way. And they certainly rode their luck. But, you know, that's something you need to be able to do in to, to win these kind of big African ties. Definitely a defensively astute performance, Alistair. But I have to say, Ronwin Williams, once again, shining uh, in, in the goal mouth. I mean... What did you make of his performance? Rodman Williams had one of the most Jekyll and Hyde performances I've ever seen. First of all, he gives away a penalty, um, just just touching and clipping his, his uh, Percy Tau, former Sundowns man. You know, bit, very soft penalty, but I think still a penalty. And then he goes and saves it um, against Ali Malul. And this is whilst, you know, uh, Al Ahli did pull the kind of now modern technique of hiding who's going to be their penalty taker. Karaba held the ball for ages whilst the Sundown players tried to delay him taking it. And then he passed it off to Ali Malul, who, you know, is an excellent penalty taker, but Williams saved it. And again, you know, Williams has shown his pedigree in these games. You know, last season, he he made that penalty save to actually keep Al-Akhli in the CAF Champions League, you know, in, in, in the group stage when, you know, Lilepo of uh, Al-Halal, uh, if he had scored, Al-Akhli would have been knocked out for the first time in their history in the group stage. But Williams saved it and that allowed Al-Akhli to sneak through. And, you know, he made the save against uh, in Angola against Petro. And now he's made another save, a huge save. But he also had a bit, you know, he had a really shaky performance in, in goals. At the same time, he dropped a couple crosses. There was that one in the first half where he, he dropped quite kind of easy to take cross. And then Butuil cleared it into Carabra and it hit the post. And it was kind of, like I said, a lot of luck went into that that goal, not uh, not being penetrated by by our luckily. But I think Ronwin Williams, aside from those mistakes, he's shown himself to be up there with El Shanawi as as the premier goalkeeper on the continent. You know, there's a few others who would, you know, maybe have have a shout. Maybe El Motier was another one at Widad, but really, really brilliant performance from from Williams, kind of in the hole. Um, and he kind of recovered, particularly in that second half. He looked a lot more assured and a lot more confident. The game certainly wasn't pretty for Sundowns, and there was a really nasty, brutal challenge from Junior Mendieta. What what did you make of that? Honestly, if you haven't seen it, go back and well, maybe don't watch it. It was one of the most horror tackles I've ever seen from a player. Kind of studs up, knee height. Could have, could have, honestly, could have taken Taufik's kneecap off. Ter- terrible challenge, um, rightfully sent off. And again, Sundowns have shown that they're not. They they really struggle to to with their discipline in these big games. You know, it was last year against Widad, they had two red cards in in that first first leg of the semifinal. Uh, Mvala got sent off in in the second leg really early on against against Petro, and we've seen another red card from Junior Manietta. And you know, Mvala was you know he was started in that first half, got booked, and looked like he was on shaky ground and was pulled at halftime for Zungu. I think in part because, you know, there was the, the fear that he would get himself sent off. And, and so I think even though we've seen, you know, Sundowns embracing the, the kind of grittier side of football, but we never want to see the grittier side to that degree. That was an absolute horror challenge. And, you know, he's lucky that it happened to be quite late in the game and Sundowns were able to kind of see off Al-Akhli um, in, in those final, final closing minutes. But 
yeah, I, I think, again, mm. you've got to say, Sundowns have not been able to keep it clean in terms of uh, the defensive football they play. Sure, and, and, and this has been a hallmark of this win um, to get them to the final to, to the final of the um, the African Football League. I guess my question to you is, do you think Mukwena will adapt his tactics and return to Mukwena ball the, the, the way he normally plays, or is that something they'll probably be reserved for league play? I think that that's always the big question, isn't it? For for people like, you know, your Deserbis, your 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 Pep Guardiola's, your your Moquenas, these guys who have really strict way of playing a completely dominant style of football that kind of is so good in league football, but in cup football can can struggle. We've seen and, and you know, we've seen that with Pep Guardiola really struggling to get over that Champions League rut. Um and even him, he had to resort to kind of four center backs at the back to do that. Um and yes, and I, I think we've seen that last year in their away game against Widad, I think Sundowns were brilliant at nullifying Widad, but through their style of football, keeping the ball, pressing high, you know, and it was a remarkable performance, um, you know, being down to 10 men for one half and, you know, down to nine men for a couple minutes even um, after Allende got sent off. But I do think that we'll see a different side of, of Sundowns. I think, as we'll get onto in a minute, I think it's also because Widad are in a much stronger position this season than they were last season. Um, I think last season, Widad was, it was quite a poor Widad side, a shadow mm-hmm. of, of Walid Ragragi's team. Um, and so Sundowns were able to impose themselves a bit more, but I, I don't think they're going to have it their way as much this, this time around. Sure. Well, Widad Casablanca playing Esperance in the other semi. I mean, this is a game that was certainly in many cases, a far more feisty affair, given the history that exists between these clubs, right? A hundred percent. I mean, this is the first time the team's met since that infamous CAF Champions League final back in 2019, where, for those who don't remember, uh, Widad and Esperance were both in the final in 2019. Esperance, the, the, the holders of the Champions League, they played the first leg in Casablanca, uh, drew 1-1. Um, Widad officials and players were furious that... Uh, they they had a um I think was it they 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 was it a goal or a penalty I can't remember uh, ruled against them uh, to the point where the the referee who is officiating that game was banned for six months by CAF for poor officiating and then going into that second leg there was obviously the tensions there and then they had another instance where I think it was Wale Del Carti's goal was ruled out um, and the referee uh, Gasama didn't go to VAR to look. This was meant to be the first year with VAR being implemented. Didn't use it, ruled out his goal, and the Widad players walked off. And you know we had a two-hour gap almost of of not play not happening because the Widad players refused to go back on before the game was eventually awarded to Esperance, who were one 0 up, um, and so were handed the Champions League trophy essentially. Uh, but and then in retrospect, it was then later revealed that the VAR technology wasn't working, and that's why he didn't refer to VAR. And so it was just an absolute mess. So I think there's been a lot of kind of bad blood between the two teams, um, between the two sides. And then there was lots of kind of reporting over the last week of, you know, uh, Esperance fans getting in trouble in Casablanca, um, some some scenes of violence, and and then counter reports of again here in Radis, uh, you know, of, of Widad fans, the away fans uh, being kind of. Uh, uh, some instances of violence shown against them. Um, and so there's a lot, a lot of bad blood between these two teams, you know, two very proud, very, very successful North African teams. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a very feisty mm. affair, very emotionally charged affair. So certainly lots going on off the field. How, how was the match itself? Um, I, I think it was a bit more of a, of a kind of, I, I would say North African you know, late Champions League stage kind of match. You know, the Al-Akhli Sundowns game was surprisingly open despite it being nil-nil, particularly that first half. 
Um, whereas this was quite a dull affair, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Particularly the first half, Esperance kind of very much the dominant side, trying to create chances. The first leg in Casablanca was a lot more open. Both sides had plenty of chances. Um, but, uh, you know, Esperance knocking out the door. And eventually in the second half, they broke broke through with Rodrigo Rodriguez, who had a couple huge opportunities in that first leg to score. And he didn't, um, but he gave them the lead, the 1-0 lead. Uh, but, you know, Widad did well. They were defensively disciplined, really shut down Esperance and kind of held out for that 1-0, which took, you know, in, in CAF competitions, there is no extra time. We go straight to penalties. And then um, poor Rodrigo Rodriguez, it's from turned from hero to back to villain when he missed the only penalty that was missed in, in the shootout. And, and Widad went through, um, winning 5-4 on penalty. So it was a much more kind of stodgy affair, I, I guess, would be the word that I would use. But, you know, a really, really solid performance from Widad, particularly kind of holding out for, for just the 1-0 loss and for those penalties. Sure. And, and before we, we, we head to this final preview, right, which is going to be incredibly exciting, I wanted to just remind people that you can please post comments, ask us questions, find us on our social media handles like OTW underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you're consuming on Facebook or YouTube, just, just search for the On The Whistle podcast. You search, you find us, you'll see what we have. And and I know this isn't related to what we're doing today, Alistair, but I just wanted to read a comment from um, one of our viewers. And this was from Enshlanshla um, Manana. Enshlanshla um, had found um, our vintage podcast on Fani Medida that uh, Courtney had done. Remember, we don't, think, we don't call things old. We call them vintage on the whistle because they're all evergreen. And Enshlanshla said, Fani Medida, what a great player he was. I remember the header he scored in the 1991 Castle Challenge final. Definitely a play for the big occasion. And wow, I mean, this comment only came in recently, but that podcast is well over a year. And you'll find in our archive a whole bunch of great content with legends, newsmakers, up-and-coming stars and stars. So please go and, and watch and tune in. And one more comment that will make us both feel good, Alistair, was from Kamoya17. Kamoya said, thanks for this podcast. It's so important our stories are told and preserved, which is what we're doing right now. We are being a reference point in history for the first African Football League tournament and final. So without further ado, let's look forward to this final. Um, there's no risk for the sides. Uh, they go straight to Morocco for the first leg of the final. How are you feeling about the match, Ali? Yeah, I think it's it's a bit of a shame that they neither team really has any time to prepare because, you know, like you say, the first leg is on Sunday because I think both teams are tactically really, really fascinating. I think, you know, we alluded to it earlier, but this is a very different Widad team from the one last year. Last year, they literally just appointed Sven van der Broek, uh, you know, less than a week before that first leg. And so it was a very defense first Widad kind of not, a, you know, understandably, he wasn't able to put together any kind of attacking patterns or anything but now they have quite really one of you know quite an interesting coach in in Adil Ramzi who you know is kind of slightly followed the similar path to Walid Regragi in terms of he's you know Moroccan but he's you know he learned his trade he was actually born in Morocco unlike Regragi but he learned his trade in Europe um you know he spent most of his career as a player um in in the Netherlands as as, and, as well as a few other countries in Europe and he's been in the Netherlands ever since he retired pretty much 
um, and, and most of his coaching career, more, more or rather, I should say. And he spent, spent the last six years at PSV, at Eindhoven, you know, one of the top Dutch clubs, um, both as an assistant manager in, in the first team, but as well as coaching youth teams. And so, you know, he's really got a lot of, you know, that Dutch, not only that Dutch philosophy, but quite, you know, like PSV, quite kind of innovative, more modern ways of playing football. You know, the idea of having a box midfield, which has been quite in vogue the last kind of 12 to 24 months, as well as, you know, inverting fullbacks, things like that. Um, which is very kind of up Rulani McQuena's street. And so I think this is going to be a far more interesting tactically uh, uh, tie than, than the one we saw last year because he's actually been able to implement some of this. You know, they're, they're definitely not a finished article. They're not the same team that they were under Regragi, but they are, you know, a far more interesting proposition, I would say, than they were last season. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting. I don't think the semifinals are going to play out the same way they did last year. I don't think Sundowns, because last year really felt like mm-hmm. Sundowns mm-hmm. were the much so better team. So you a very different game, right? 100%. I think last year, last year we saw that Sundowns was the better side over the two ties. And Widad kind of, by hook and through, by crook, kind of, and through Sundowns mistakes, got through it, you know, on away goals. And And that's not to say that that's a bad way of going about it. You know, that we've seen that that's a tried and, and, and kind of, very successful way of, of getting wins on the continent in these knockout ties. But I think we're going to see a far more progressive style of football from with that. So I think it's going to be very fascinating. Um, but again, like I said, you know, these teams are, you know, sundowns are flying straight from Cairo to Morocco. You know, these teams have no time to prepare. They mm. have, they've had no time to know who they're playing in the final. So that's where I'm a bit, it's a bit, a bit of a shame. So I think this might be quite an attritional affair in the first leg because you know like traveling mm-hmm. from you know sun uh, from south africa up to cairo then to morocco or from morocco to tunisia and back you know and then playing a game again you know four days later three four days later is that's going to take its toll sure. um, fortunately for the second leg we do have a week's break and so i think we might see a bit more chance for them to get their ideas but i think i think it'll be a really good final absolutely and listen in many ways, the other the other side to this coin, Alistair, is the tournament needs to get going. This is a demo model in many ways. It's eight teams. It's looking to see um, what the logistics will be like, what crowd support will be like, and if they can get it going. And listen, um, you know, we can have different opinions on is this the right way for African football to go. But sometimes you've just got to do it to see what happens. Um, so certainly hoping that um, we get a good product in the in the in the two-legged final. Um, I'm sure there'll be lots of drama, lots of talking points, and when the dust settles, a good chance for us to dissect. 